Producers and creators are the sources of all value on the planet. MC Lobster, the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast Cashflow Ninja, is on a mission with Producers Wealth to help producers create, protect, and multiply their wealth outside of Wall Street in any economy by creating systems and processes that help them increase their production, provides them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at 10 tactics you can use to increase the cash flow in your business. My guest in this episode is Brent McClear. Brent is not your typical CPA. He is a visionary, a change agent, and paradigm breaker for the accounting profession as well as a business across multiple verticals. Brent, in essence, grew up in his family grocery store and took a love of business from an early age and turned it into his future. A results-oriented senior executive and consultant with more than 20 years of success, Brent crosses many business verticals, financial services, construction, uh, SaaS, retail, distribution, manufacturing, oil and gas, uh, and technology industries. Brent leverages his extensive experience to help businesses improve profitability, increase their capacity, develop sustainability, and ensure necessary compliance, all while achieving a greater return on investment. In his experience, Brent has learned that hiring a CFO isn't something many small or medium-sized businesses can afford, yet many times desperately need. With his knowledge, he started promoting his CFO services as more of an outsourced a la carte offering via McClear Consulting and Advisory LLC. Now, Brent helps businesses surpass their financial goals through leadership coupled with strategic planning and execution. He wants to ensure business leaders and owners no longer ignore the need for robust financial support or the back office finances to their own detriment. After interviewing over 300 cash flow ninjas on the show, a common question I get asked is what are the top things that I have learned from these cash flow ninjas? And I've compiled the biggest lessons I've learned in report and video, the top 10 things that cash flow ninjas know that you can download. You could go to cashflowninja.com and grab the report and the video. Are you an investor looking for passive cash flow but don't have the time to explore your options? Discover Real Estate. It's the best option for passive income that savvy investors have been turning to for years to generate income and build wealth. But the reality is real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. So what do you do if you don't have the time or market knowledge? Discover how many business investors have found a way to generate cash flow from real estate investing. Their secret? They partner with proven private real estate investment funds. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system that allows accredited investors the opportunity to invest in undervalued assets to generate passive income and capital gains. Invest with the cash flow experts and sit back while Four Peaks does all the work. 
Call Four Peaks Capital Partners at 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or go to privateincomeinvesting.com. An offer to buy or sell securities is only made by a private placement memorandum. Prospective investors must read the PPM in its entirety before making an investment decision. Brent, welcome to the show. Oh, hey, MC. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, glad to connect. Now, Brent, can you uh, share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Oh, absolutely. So I like to say that I have a lifetime of business experience. I started at a very young young age in our family's business. I remember being like five or six years old trading labor for quarters so I could play Miss Pac-Man in the back. (laughs) (laughs) So growing up in the family business taught me a lot about business and entrepreneurship. Then um, off to college I go because that's what we were told to do and get a job in the corporate world. So I followed the steps and I was just miserable. So finally I branched out on my own and I have a CPA firm slash consulting firm where I focus on being a virtual CFO. And that's sort of where I am today. Um, Having survived the corporate world for 18 years, probably, which were about 18 years too long. (laughs) but that's what uh, brings me here today. Exactly. And that's the experience that you build up because I mean, you have been uh, consulting in quite a number of industries and businesses from financial services, construction, SaaS, retail distribution, manufacturing, oil and gas and technology industries. A lot of bigger businesses that have an in-house CFO. Now, we have uh, some young and upcoming entrepreneurs, some established entrepreneurs, and some uh, small business owners and business owners. Uh, What would be the role of uh, this uh, virtual CFO role that you fulfill within these businesses? And uh, what is the importance of it in, in overall operations? Sure. That's a very good question. I actually get that question a lot. So, like you mentioned, many of your larger businesses have an in-house CFO. And so, once once your business is doing, say, $50 million in revenue and up, you're, you pretty much need a full-time CFO, if not sooner. But if you have a smaller business that's, say, maybe $1 million to, to $10 million, that's sort of my sweet spot that I find, um, you're you probably are extremely good at your craft, whatever that craft is, and you're very good at running a business, but maybe not as good at financials and accounting and um, talking to lenders or talking to the bank or dealing with reports or even insurance carriers. And that's sort of where I come in as a virtual CFO and handle things like monthly reporting talking to lenders or financial institutions. If you have a board, having board presentations, risk management, that's been huge since the financial collapse we experienced in 08 and 09. Um, Risk management is a top item that CFOs can help with, as well as cash flow management. Um, Not understanding the numbers and what the business is actually doing you run into problems when you're trying to manage cash flow. And that size business is just a little bit too large to manage it from a checkbook, so to speak. I like to say that once my entrepreneurs get beyond managing their business by their checkbook, 
then they need a part-time CFO. Yeah, I think that's a good rule of thumb, Greg, because there were so many hats in the beginning too. Even investors, when they start their businesses too, there's a level uh, what you reach that now you need to start expanding your team. Uh, and if you want to play in a bigger game, now you've got to bring in the pros, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, because I think that that's what keeps a lot of people uh, still playing, uh, you know, playing the the size or level game that they're playing, where if they know how to well, to get to the next level, you've got to bring in uh, someone in that way. And a back office is, is something that could be neglected, <laughs> speaking from experience, because yes. you're so focused on that top line revenue, right? Sales and growing the business and, and so forth. And you're wearing many hats. What are some of the ways um, that you've seen this ruined uh, or ruined businesses? And what are the challenges that folks face uh, that don't um, understand the uh, the importance of, uh, of the, having uh, that back office in place? Yeah, sure, MC. That, that's a fantastic question. So, I see a lot of um, business owners, like you mentioned, sort of playing in the playing in that same level game, and they don't put any emphasis on the back office. When I say back office, I mean accounting, finance, human resources, IT, things like that. There's no emphasis there. So what ends up happening is they get their tax return done at the end of the year, and hopefully they've given that to a CPA. And the CPA cleans it up well enough to do a tax return. And then the business owner understands what happened last year. But by the time they get their tax return, maybe it's March, April. Well, they're not, they don't care what happened last year by that point. They're focused on this year and how to try and grow the business this year. So I've seen a couple of instances where the business owner not putting any dollars or time in the back office. And um, in one case, the individual that was responsible for all the accounting, she had been working there for like 20 years, I think, and just consistently doing it wrong. So (laughs) there wasn't really a red flag, but they were losing money right and left on larger jobs. It was a service industry and had no clue because by the time any sort of job cost reporting came around, well, t- first of all, it didn't exist. So they didn't really understand that the reason they weren't making any money or they were just barely breaking even is because they were trying to stretch their goals and bid on larger jobs, but they were losing money and no one in accounting knew enough to point this out. So this was going on for several years. And they just couldn't understand because the systems weren't in place to uh, bring that to the surface. And so years go by in this, in this family owned business that is just bleeding cash. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that. And I mean, this is something that uh, uh, a good book, even a good bookkeeper will be able to catch. And yeah, uh, Absolutely. Account. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's one of the first, one of the first members uh, of my team, just because as you, as you mentioned, I mean, uh, numbers, when you, when you have cold, hard numbers to operate by, I mean, that's kind of uh, your guideline in, uh, of how you track. Otherwise we're really just playing a guessing game. Yeah, absolutely. You're just playing a guessing game. And if you want your business to grow 
and like like we've mentioned get above that you know that certain level of where you're sort of running it from your hip pocket or your checkbook i call it um you have to you have to either bring somebody in or outsource you know some of this so that you can focus on what it is you do and do very well i'm sure focus less on accounting and finance but get high quality reports and numbers and comfort and be able to manage risk or this individual the outsourced cfo can manage risk can manage cash flow can let you know what's going on inside your business is it a good thing then to have uh, an accounting service outside of your company too so you could really get the cold hard truth or at what stage do you bring that in-house? Because um, sometimes I feel like when it's in-house, maybe now you're inside of the company, right? So uh, is it, what would you recommend at what level um, do they do they bring someone in-house and what are your thoughts on outsourcing us? Yeah, I like the outsourcing fact just because they can stay somewhat independent and they'll tell you the, the truth, whether you are ready for it or want to hear it or not. Whereas like you just mentioned, if sort of, if you get on the inside, then you're on the inside and not that they're not going to tell you the truth, but maybe um, they'll sugarcoat it as much as possible. Right. That's just human nature. Um, but I'm, I feel like you can bring somebody in, you know, if your business is doing a million dollars in revenue, you probably need, you need someone to do your books besides the business owner trying to do it in QuickBooks, right? Outsource that to someone. And once you start climbing, depending on your profitability, maybe it makes sense to bring in a bookkeeper or a, or an accountant on staff. You know, that's that's probably like a thirty or $40,000 payroll person to have a bookkeeper on staff. So once you can sort of consume that, then I would say move from an outsourced to an accountant on staff, but that that doesn't include the the virtual CFO like I'm providing. That's a much higher level than than just bookkeeping. Absolutely, one of the things that the virtual CFO is involved with is a lot of strategy and strategic planning and the forward thinking and looking as as you've mentioned. Yep. Um, one of the things that you speak about that that I uh, appreciate too is uh, the importance of being as tax efficient and as well position for taxes during the, the year and, and, and having con- a continuous uh, look at this. This is one thing that we talk about quite a bit um, to be as tax efficient as possible before we even start to invest <laughs> in anything outside, right? Can you speak to uh, a couple of the, of the things that uh, business owners and entrepreneurs can do within their businesses um, as part of their overall strategic planning and positioning themselves for taxes? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I like to look at a business sort of holistically, especially with, if you have a family-owned business or a small business, it impacts the owner as well. It's not just a corporation with shareholders. This is an owner and that's their livelihood. So we have to look at this in a holistic view um, to understand what tax breaks are out there. I mean, the, the one that makes the most sense for a lot of people that are heavy in equipment is being allowed to depreciate the fully depreciate your equipment for tax purposes in year one. I mean, that's a huge savings for taxes. And then I like to think about year end tax planning, not on the week of Christmas, but, a, but maybe in September, or October, let's start thinking about year end tax planning 
and either curbing or accelerating our spending, depending on what situation we're going to be in. If we're projected to make a loss this year, then then maybe we push some tax savings to next year. Or if we're going to make a, a large profit this year or estimated to make a large profit, then let's go ahead and buy that equipment that maybe we need sometime during next year. Let's go ahead and get a new vehicle or get some of the things that we may need next year to go ahead and take advantage of those of those uh, tax benefits in a year where we have profit. You're listening to Brent McClure on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. You're listening to Brent McClear on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and our back to our interview. Very, very important stuff. Um, cash flow, obviously in line with the Cash Flow Ninja is the lifeblood of any business. What are some of the ways as a virtual CFO that, uh, that you can share or uh, help um, companies implement uh, some tactics strategically to increase cash flows uh, within their businesses? Sure. So one of the ones that I implemented with a company here that it's a, it was a service company and they were operating on um, contracts that would take maybe four weeks to complete the contract. And the final payment was the full payment was was due when the contract was completed. And I, I worked with them and I worked with some of their customers about offering a um, maybe a 25 to 50 percent payment up front before they expend the money for labor, materials, manpower, et cetera. They go ahead and have some cash coming in the door. And that was something that that business owner just have not considered because they were so busy working. You know what I mean? Sometimes just the little common sense things that you miss because you're in the trenches. Um, another thing I like to do is try and speed the customers up. If you have accounts receivable and customers pay you later, I try to speed those up. Um, even if it means offering some sort of discount, because if, if you finance money, then maybe offering a 1% discount to pay within five days is actually cheaper than them paying you in 45 days, for example. Right. So running the numbers on that, also trying to match your expenses with your revenue coming in. So maybe that looks like stretching out your vendors, maybe it's waiting on um, inventory purchases or using a just-in-time methodology, but it's best to try to delay or reduce your expenses to match those with the cash flow that you have coming in so that you're not overextended with um, expenses going out the door before you have anything guaranteed coming back in. Because the last thing you want to happen is the music stops and you're overextended in inventory or purchases or manpower or whatever the case may be, and you're not going to get paid for another 45 days. 
Right. I think uh, yeah, business business owners will uh, smile when they hear this too, because um, yeah, it, it's not as easy as just creating a product and selling it. And now there's money in the bank. There's there's a lot of accounts receivables. There's payables. There's inventory. There's employees. Uh, yeah. There's uh, there's all these uh, these moving pieces. What are some of the um, the systematic approaches that you've seen? Uh, with regards to cash flow too, that can uh, that can assist folks just to have a clear picture uh, and manage their cash flow a little bit better. Cash flow management is is just a, a key yeah. component. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I like to institute and I and I've seen work well is a thirteen week cash flow. Why it's thirteen weeks? I'm not sure, but that's just what I've always used. Um, but a thirteen week cash flow is fantastic. So what you do is you look at last week's cash flow and that's week zero. And then you have 13 weeks going forward. You have estimated collections coming in and estimated cash going out. And that way it's week by week. And of course these are estimates and the more you do this, the better you'll get at it. But that allows you to take a deep dive into when are we going to spend cash for what? When does payroll hit? And if this week is a payroll week, then maybe we're not going to buy as much inventory and we'll push inventory to the next week, which is a non-payroll week and things like that. And it gives you a you know three-month view out in front so that you can help steer or get your handle on the cash coming in and the cash going out. And that tool right there has been instrumental for so many of my clients. Uh, as far as um, the uh, paying yourself within your business, right? So obviously yeah. your employees and everyone gets paid as part of the overheads of the business. What are some of the ways that you've seen it with regards to cash flow man- management? That's a good time to to pay yourself and or maybe to uh, to to hold off on that. Yeah, it just depends on the 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 status of the business and where you are right now. Certainly if you're in a, a very aggressive expansion mode and cash is is you're trying to hang on to every dollar, then maybe it makes sense to postpone some of your payments. But what I like to suggest and what I've seen in, in several instances is pay yourself maybe what a manager would make. Pay yourself something so that it is involved in cash it, it runs through cash flow so you always have something coming into your personal bank, but you're not breaking the business. Like if you have a, a million dollar business, you're not going to pay yourself $250,000 every single year. It, it may just may not make sense, but maybe you could pay yourself $100,000 and then take distributions on top of that if, if it so made sense. But pay yourself something just to run it through payroll and it makes it a little bit more like clockwork rather than all over the board. Right. And uh, that ties into the leadership qualities too of the entrepreneur and the business owner. And that's something that you bring in as well, some leadership as the virtual CFO of a company. What are some of the things that you've seen uh, as far as leadership traits, Brent, uh, out there in different industries that have guided uh, entrepreneurs and business owners really well within their businesses? Oh, that's a great question. That's a, that's a really good question. So I've seen leaders of all shapes and sizes 
Um, I think the, or what I've seen the, that has become the most successful is a leader that can move amongst the leadership types. So there's a democratic, democratic leader, there's a commanding leader, you're going to see a pace setting leader. Um, there are several other leader types, but the person that can sort of move amongst the types of leaders has the most success with their group of people or in their business, because everyone isn't going to respond the same to each type of leadership, right? So you may have some employees that just do not respond well to a commanding type authority. Or you may have some leaders that enjoy the pace setting type leader that's just always out in front. And it's hard, it, it is difficult to be all those leadership types, but if you can wear all those hats, then, then you will have a pretty successful business for sure. And then from the virtual CFO standpoint, then the, the CFO is not only looking at what happened last year or last month or last quarter, but they're also looking at what's going on in the next 13 weeks, what's going on in the next quarter, what are we going to do in three years, five years, seven years. Let's work together to grow this business as fast and as, as much as you want to. No, absolutely. Now, we're in a changing environment. A lot of changes are happening really for business owners uh, this year with a lot of the tax cuts coming through. What are some of the things that, uh, that you've seen with regards to uh, the new tax legislation that was passed that, uh, that stands out and um, that business owners and entrepreneurs should be cognizant about um, and also utilize uh, to their advantage? There are a few things in the in the new tax cuts that um, that may be worth keeping your your eyes peeled for. Um, it's also it's almost like there's a wait and see attitude, um, just waiting and until we get a little bit further along into 2018, maybe in the fourth quarter of 2018, and so we can see how things shake out. Um, I definitely would keep my eye on anything dealing with fixed assets, like being able to fully depreciate fixed assets in the first year. That's a huge tax savings. Any sort of, you know, tax uh, business deductibility, I would keep my eyes on. The tax cuts were more geared towards personal, um, more geared towards individual taxation. So there were a lot more cuts on the individual tax return than than we, I think we'll see in the business world. But, but definitely I would keep my eye on um, any dealings with investments and, and fixed assets for sure. Now, Brent, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what uh, skill sets are you currently learning? Oh yeah, so um, I'm taking a deep dive into this sort of digital marketing umbrella. Okay. Um, I'm probably a little bit behind the curve, but I am a CPA and CPAs don't really work as much in marketing <laughs> as maybe they should, especially digital marketing. So things like SEO and search engine marketing, content marketing, influencer, and social media optimization, things like that. Um, I'm taking a deep dive into those areas and trying to educate myself so I can get up to speed on exactly how all this works. 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's an entire world out there, right? It's uh, learning every every day. I try to learn something new, especially with regards to that, because it's so fast changing. Once you figure it out, um, just one platform, uh, something else pops up, right? Um, I know. Just uh, uh, recently, for instance, with Instagram now. Instagram just started. Uh, what is it? Instagram. Uh, it's like the, the the video part of it. So yeah, the, the video st- platform. Is it stories, Insta stories, or something? no? St- they have stories, and they have a different one now. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. ahead of me. Instagram TV or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, literally days of it. Uh, two or three days ago, it launched. So competing with YouTube. So now all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, I've been studying Instagram quite a bit boom, you know, uh, this new thing pops out and I'm like, oh man, you know, I just thought I figured it out and I kind of know what I'm doing around there and and there's something new to learn. So it's very fast changing uh, and there's there's always something new popping up. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And then then the algorithm changes. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I do know they're changing or they keep changing. And so that's throwing a lot of people off as well. So I'm yep. just trying to put the pieces together from from my standpoint. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? So not passing any money along to the next generation, that, that's not going to leave the next generation very happy with us. But if I had three things to pass on, it would be efficiency, empathy, and sustainability. Efficiency meaning working in a well-organized, competent way, you know, achieving maximum results with minimum wasted effort. Empathy meaning understanding another person's thoughts, feelings to make the world, you know, a a pro-social better place, honestly. And then sustainability, just trying to get to that homeostasis or, you know, ecosystem equilibrium so the planet can last many more years to come. No, those are great. And and thank you for sharing those. And I've always um, just researching some of the wealthiest families out there. Um, I've always seen that, you know, there's not just the financial knowledge passed on, but or financial, right? There's also like the knowledge legacy that's passed on. So those are those are great. And that's why I love uh, hearing different answers uh, to, to that question. Um, because it's just, uh, it's just so powerful to, to see a lot of, uh, a lot of these very wealthy families pass on, as I mentioned, not just the money, but uh, yeah, yeah. principles and values. Now, uh, Brent, where can my uh, listeners learn more about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they stay involved with all of the projects that you're involved with? Okay, awesome. So I'm on the web at brentmcclure.com. I'm on the major social medias at LBMCPA. So I have a blog on my website. So I'm constantly blogging and and pushing things out through social media as well. So that would be the two places I would would send folks. Fantastic. Well, Brent, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and knowledge and uh, providing so much value for my listeners. Oh, I appreciate it, MC. The pleasure's mine. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. 
Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44. 44- I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.